Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the new show, Season 2. Mr. Petru, thank you for joining me. I have to say, you are really outdoing me in the YouTube um, recording studio um, with all of your get-up now. I mean, what else are you going to surprise us with the next episode? High expectations, but um, hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, hey, uh, just before we begin, I do have something that I, you know, I just wanted to inform you that the board of directors of Simple Coach Enterprises, the global multimedia empire that it is, um, decided to get together, and we're putting you on double secret probation just because it seems to be the thing to do with you. Um, yeah. um, so I figure between that and on the boards, um, the double. Double secret secret probations are probably um, warranted. So um, I just wanted to let you know. So you're going to be walking a, a thin line now. Uh, well, I just want you to know that I think that's very fair. Um, <laughs> and, you know, anybody that is on the verge of causing the entire demise of D3 soccer is should be appropriately punished and banished. Yes. I totally agree. You you have that power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, were you surprised by that? Were you? I, I kind of surprised me. I'm like, wait, what? Where did, what just happened here? I mean, I'm not surprised about getting into a conflict a scrap. in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't deny that that happened. <laughs> um, but that one, I actually... I went back and read through stuff like I could not find what was so yeah. offensive and and then I don't know I I feel like it's so hard to there's so much tribalism and people oh, yeah. you know into their own conferences and into their own teams and if you talk too much about another team or another conference they got to figure out some way to get it back to their like it's just <laughs> so I don't and then people get and maybe I do too, but people just seem to get hyper, hyper sensitive. And um, I think that's uh, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think you've just wrapped up human nature in a very tight little bow. Um, I, I have no, I, ha, I, I do notice even in this spot, like sometimes you talk about. Again, I try to be dispassionate about some teams, I'm, and I'm passionate about the teams that I like. I don't hide that. But I do know it's like you're kind of um, – um, you're, you're, you're outside the lines if you're not following – like if I'm not just talking about Mountain Union, maybe I'm – you know, I'm talking about John Carroll. I might be outside the lines, right? Like I just – I do think that's interesting. I do think that's interesting. So – no, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a nice little, yeah, it's a nice cultural kind of experience. To, um, it's a microcosm of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think we should go back to paper, my friend. I think we should ditch the whole internet thing as a failed social experiment and just go back to writing letters to each other and just think between the time it's sent and you receive it, you know, all those passions will have been forgotten. And then next right. thing, it's just a letter. <laughs> That's why I wanted to go to Washington Lake because they had a school of journalism. I wanted my original uh, dream was to be like a sports journalist Uh huh. Like in, print, in print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually very reclusive. I don't. I don't like being out in public. 
Uh huh. Jackie's like Jackie's like milling around the room. She's um, she does that. She's old and she's yeah. partially blind and can't hear, and she'll spin around the chair for a while, get herself dizzy, and then drops, and then she goes to sleep. That's her life, right? Yeah, there she goes. Sort of like what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of do that too. Like usually about two and three in the afternoon, I mill around, mill around until I find the right place and I fall asleep for a little bit. So, all right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, because that was the, you know, that's the skeleton in the closet, Mr. Petru's social media life. Um, all right. What do you, why don't you start? What do you got for me? Um, well, I'll wait till there's a couple of games I want to talk about, but I think we usually do that towards the end. The so end. I'll, yep. I'll hold on that. Um, and um, and I'm hoping you have a couple things for me, and then I have. Uh, but I maybe I should get us started off with um one of our mailbag questions. Oh, very good. I love the mailbag. Right. I can't. How do they people know your address? Is that from the double secret probation oh. thing or? I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, you just made me lose my, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I think we need to do a blooper reel too. You do? Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Like it's some usually. Out- Outtakes, yeah. Some of our outtakes, and yeah, you know, when we're yelling, and you know, when it gets a little ugly, and you don't um, know what you're talking about. All right, cut that. (laughs) So, this is from I hope this isn't the same name I used last time. This is Judy, I think I I do Sally, Betty or Sally. Sally. Nice, nice Um, lady. (laughs) So, this is Judy from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Uh, is that a real place that's a real town i've been there okay um so judy wants to know and this is specifically for uh, simple coach is there such a thing as referee fatigue and does there reach a point where it's just too many fouls to call. So teams that actually foul a lot may actually benefit because eventually the referee just gets tired of calling every single thing. So I am going to say yes. And I do think it's a very real issue, um, the decibel level of one side versus the other. And I do think you call into question things where, let's just say there was no nobody yelling. Like, if would you call that as a foul? There are instances where you're like, yes, that's a foul. Oh my, oh my gosh, I shouldn't call it because I just called four other fouls against them. And as hard as people try, as hard as refs try not to do it at least at my level, like you're worried about getting to the parking lot sometimes, you know? And it's like, okay, let me, I'll just try to smooth things over and you try to find a balance a different way. But I do think if you go into, so here's the thing, I'm going to be really cynical. Um, I'm going to be very, very cynical. Here's the thing. Is that Muskingum? Uh, 
Yes, Muskegon muskies. Yeah. Um, which I have, I could talk about if we do the OAC thing. Um, here's a very real, here's a very real thing. Um, you know, you, let's just say for whatever reason, I am co. I I ref and I want to ref in a particular place. Um, you know. Um, I want to be on their good terms because it'll guarantee me, I'm sure it make them like more in college, 200 bucks, 300 bucks a game. If I don't want to upset the, the other, the home team, right? Yeah. Because I want to keep that gig going. I want them to think that I'm a good referee and I want to come back. Um, and I know that is the case. I've been experienced when being a, assistant coach at the collegiate level I, I and i've talked to guys and i've seen relationships between referees and head coaches that's a very real thing and so yes i think if you're the conditions are right at some point you're just kind of like how do i get the next 20 minutes over with and so you'll let anything you'll let things go you'll sort of wave things off which is the worst thing to do but I do think it happens. And I, again, I think that's a human nature thing. I don't think right, it's Let me ask a follow-up mm -hmm. to Judy's question. Do you, when a team is up 2-0 or 3-0 or mm -hmm. the re a referee just awarded a PK like two minutes before, like is there mm -hmm. hesitancy based on scoreline or based on I just did a PK to yeah. like I can't no. give them another one so quick or... No, I don't. I that, no, I don't think that that comes into the. Well, I don't think that that would come into the into play like a scoreline impacting that. No, I I do think I do think it's like you get in those games where it's seemingly everything is going out of control and all the tools that you use, I whatever whatever you call them, I call them tools, right? Like so, I have the whistle, I have the card cards. And then I have the conversations, right? I have the very public conversations. You can't do that and, you know, stand in front of me, that sort of thing. But then you have the running banter between players. If none of that works and it happens, it could seemingly get out of control, right? The game gets out of control and you're trying to rein it in in different ways. And at some point it's just too overwhelming. I think for some it becomes too overwhelming in how you rein that in. And that's why you need somebody like really strong-willed sometimes in those games that is just going to be like, I don't care. Because the last thing you want to do is start just whipping out red cards because you're, right, you're trying to keep it somewhat somewhat of the game and not let the referee sort of dictate how the outcome is. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't think makes... unconsciously or otherwise that like a, like if, if, if there's a referee makes a call that is sort of, even the referee thinks is sort of borderline-ish, then the next, mm -hmm. like, do they, you don't think they think about, like, trying to kind of eat Oh, I think that happens, yeah. Like, oh, I just, that was, you almost, like, have this, like, buyer's remorse. I've had, I mean, I don't think that's anything. Like, you have this buyer's remorse. I, I'm not talking about the highest level. Don't get me on. I think those, the professional referees try to keep it. I'm just calling. I don't care about what's being said or done. If it's a foul, it's a foul. And they, they, they whistle as they see it yeah. I, I think at you know collegiate level my level like it just becomes 
Yeah, I think it's like, oh, uh, that was kind of a soft call. How do I how do I make up for, not how do I make up for, but then you see something soft happens to the other and you're like, Hey, I'll give it to you. You got a foul and that's how you get the that's how you make it even. Yeah. Um I try not to get in those situations, but I it's just the reality is you can't avoid it sometimes, yeah. right? You just so especially when people are barking at you. I mean like this is the other I just I don't think people probably realize like you know the center guy hears a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm partially deaf and the stuff I hear is just like are you kidding? Like you can't not supposed to impact you but but you know everything become gets under the microscope. You know? I had a father yesterday dancing on the sideline like he was doing a foul throw. Like, what? You're like, dude, it's a throw-in. Like, you're not even in a – it's in, like, his own th- – you know, like, it's half midfield. And he's making a big deal of it. And that's the sort of thing that drives – personally, that's then the, the stuff that really gets on my nerves is, you know, everything get everything is contested. So every call you make is contested. And you go through a whole game. By the end of the game, it's almost, like, exhausting. Like, oh, my God, I have to justify every call I make. And just so – Anyhow, I can go on for about that, but that's a that's an interesting one. So, um, but I will say, and okay, I'll keep going. But I will say, like, I think, I think, I think there are teams that have home field advantage, not only because of where they play, how they play, all that kind of stuff. They're whoever comes to their games and yells and does all that stuff. But it's also because I think there is a there is a the 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 referee crews that get assigned allow for a certain degree of permissibility within the game to allow that home team to play the way it wants to play. I think that is very real. Mm-hmm. So yes, right. Amherst. I think Amherst gets a little bit of that. Um, um, I think you look at. Tufts, I think Tufts gets a little bit of that. Just to think of the Nezcacs, right? I don't, right. you know. So, um, all right, you want to go next, or you want me to reach into the mailbag again? Go reach into the mailbag again. All right. So, um, this is what I'm actually uh, very interested in. This comes from Eddie from Ames, Iowa. <laughs> um, and Eddie wants to know. I'll just tell you what he wrote. Is it just me, or has time wasting started earlier and earlier? Oof. Like with six Oof. to seven minutes left, including taking the ball to the corner. And as a yeah. coach, do you ever worry that sending your players into the quarter that often and that frequently is like a potential for a lot of injury? I think I may have asked you this last year. Um, <laughs> but the sort Yeah, of but this time it's Eddie. It's it's Eddie that's asking. It's not you, <laughs> right? I just yeah. It's a similar <laughs> question. Yes. Um. All right. So so yes, it's a thing that's starting to drive me nuts a little bit. Um. I used to get a kick out of it when it was novel. Like you see the goalkeepers catch the ball and they have nobody around. They caught it like right here. And then nobody around. And then for some reason they collect it and then they drop to their knees and then they talk to the turf for a little bit. Right. 
that which okay i thought it was novel but now everybody does it and it's like god it's just driving me nuts uh, uh, speaking of referees that's like totally out of hand like they take 45 seconds but off the clock but when but but the interesting thing is when they do that it's the it, it like at what point does the clock start right like hey you got 6 seconds right like oh so you made a save all right and you got to collect you give some time to collect themselves right yeah so um i would say i've never instructed any of my teams to go to the corner because i always said if that's what you're counting on to win you the game you you that's you have a that you have bigger issues so i've never instructed i've never been a fan of that it does happen i I have noticed it happen happening earlier and earlier to me it's just nonsense and i would say it's like the perfect way to infuriate the opponent to come in studs up on a tackle and break somebody's leg easy i mean the other team's already totally agitated (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. It's like the throw-ins, too. It's like the throw-ins, like the guy from the other side of the field. Like, yep, it's all legal. I'm not – that's the worst part. It's all all that sort of thing is legal. It just – Yeah, you know. it's one thing, like, when you're under five minutes, but when that's yeah. starting, like, as soon as the second – like, it's some – you know. Anyway, I think it's gotten – you know, some of these things are probably just us getting older, but it seems like it's getting worse. I'm not getting older. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand that. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And I don't know where that was learned. That's the interesting thing. Like you, you, you don't even see it so much at the, again, I would say like people mimic what they see in the professional game. You don't see a lot of that. You do see a little bit of the time wasting the goalkeeper and the throw-ins. I get that. But going into the corner, I, I think most teams know, like you, you gotta play because at that level they know they'll get a cleat in the, you know, on their knee, right? It's just that's that's how they yeah. paybacks happen. So, um, that that um, yeah. So that's my my two cents on that one. All right. Well, that All right. that um, that uh, yeah, I mean between. Between Eddie and oh Sally was last week or was this week? This was Judy. This Judy, week. Judy, Judy, and Sally. Last, I mean, the I E ending names is really. I mean, it's been fortuitous. Um, hey, I did want to raise one thing with you. Um, I, I made you make you aware. I'm not sure if you are aware. This I find to be very, very impressive. And runs contrary to everything we hear about college soccer, and in particular Division Three. Did you know that Hakeem Morgan at St. Olaf made his debut with the U23 Costa Rican national team? Did you know that I found that and was the first person to post it on the boards? You did? Well, that's outstanding. That's why you visit, you, you don't even visit the boards anymore. You're no, like, I do, I do. I just don't read through half the stuff. It's like so many letters. Um, no, I thought that was really. I think it's October fourteenth and seventeenth. He has yeah. appearances. Yeah, I, which I find remarkable, right? Because we're not supposed to. Well, countries aren't supposed to look to the NCAA, much less Division Three, for um, potential professional athletes. Yeah. You know, um, and he's a heck of a ball player. I did not know yeah. he was Costa Rican. Um, 
Um, so I just want I just wanted to give a shout out about that because that's to me that's that's fantastic, and and I'm cur- I would wonder I wonder how he was how they saw him. I'd be curious to find out how they found out about him. Mm-hmm. You know, because how do you get scouted? Costa Rica, right? Like, how do you get scouted for something like that? Because I know. Right. I mean, you're, you're turning professional at a very young age there. And I can't imagine there's a lot of kids who leave of, right. of that type of potential that go to college in the States. Right. Yeah. You, you should try to interview him and Gallman like, Oof. um, together. That would oh, be that, fascinating. That, yeah. My um, player of the year. Um, by the way, yeah. St. Olaf is like, they're coming around the bend. They're like coming down the home stretch. They, um, I thought they were a little shaky at the start, but they seem yeah. to be, right? They'll 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 get into the dance, and at that point, I think it's right. New season starts basically from from that point. Um, and I like the way they play. I think they're they're exciting team to watch. Yeah. Um. um while I'm on players, former player, former Marietta player, I did want to give a shout out to um, uh, Marietta head coach Joe Bergen, who has become now the winningest coach in Marietta coaching history with 84 wins um, in 11 years, 12 years. Um, great guy, huge supporter of the of the of the show. Big fan of yours. He he opposed the the uh, double secret probation, um, saying um, that he resigned from the board as a result of the decision that was made. So um, um, no, but he's a a really great guy, and I I, I was like so psyched to see that, um, and I I attribute it all to the blue turf that they have. So um. excellent. Um, all right. So the one thing I wanted to talk about, unless you have something pressing, as I was just going to talk a little bit about the OAC. Yep, absolutely. The, the Ohio Athletic Conference. So um, pretty interesting, especially since I um, talked to, if you saw the interview with um, Commissioner Odie of the Ohio Athletic Conference. Um, um, but uh, so uh, if you watch the interview, 10 teams, perfect balance of a team. There's... There are. It's it's interesting to to talk about it. So, the name that always comes up because they're the blue blue bloods of the conference. As much as it hurts me to say it, is John Carroll, right? They've been they've been pretty much a dominant force. Whether that was with Coach Dayon um, Maletovich, I think I said that right. Um, um, currently or people don't realize this was all started under Hector Marinero who is the um uh, indoor soccer professional really big name Cleveland Crunch uh ball player very good who embarrassed me a few times when I was playing um um they are pretty much the elite of the elite and then there's this another group underneath them which is um Otterbein, Mount Union, and Ohio Northern, I would say, sometimes capital, um, that they're chasing. 
And this year they're making it a go. I would say Mount Union in particular is making it a go. Ohio Northern, I think, will give it a go in the tournament um, because they played such a brutal schedule. I mean, that was, I mean, just a brutal, brutal schedule. So, um, and then I would say there's this other tier underneath that sort of comes in and out. Baldwin Wallace is another um, uh, capital, which had some good years and then i just think they're this year is probably what i would consider a down year for them and then wilmington who had a banger year last year and then this year they're seems like they're they're a little bit they're struggling but they all have except for baldwin wallace um marietta uh you know john carroll um coach day on his three is three years tenure um uh, Jason Griffiths at Otterbein is seven years tenure. Uh, Dave, David Krems at Mount Union, three years. Ohio Northern's Chris, Chris Mateka, I can't pronounce the last name, five years. Um, so they're all, like most of the coaches are very young, um, which is which is really, really positive, I think, for the conference overall. And then the last group, I think these guys, I'll just say there's two more groups. Let me phrase that. There's two that are aspiring and I think that are really focused in on it. And it's more of a commitment that they have to overall athletics. And that's Marietta and Muskegon. Um, Marietta has Joe Bergen, who winning as coach. And then Corey Kirk for Muskegon, who's an OU grad, who's, who is also an OU assistant, um, is now the head coach there. And I think he... And if you look on the women's side, Danny Gunderson, Muskegon's putting a lot of a lot of commitment into athletics. They facilities, they got their own soccer field, all this stuff that they is going on. It makes it a pretty remarkable place. So, I would I would say that those those are aspiring, like they're working towards um, becoming more competitive in the conference at a minimum. And then there's the last tier, which I don't understand, which is Heidelberg. Um, um, they pretty decent football occasionally, but for the most part, I just think their soccer programs have never, uh, I mean, historically have not been the best and I don't know if it's by design or, or what have you. Um, yeah, I think so. they've dropped off really badly the last, I mean, they actually were in the, um, what year was it? 2000. 14, my son's senior year, they, um, Kenyon played them in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. So they were, yeah. I think they won the AOC that year. Yeah, they, yeah. So they had a few years where they were pretty good. I think yeah, they, yeah. Had a long, they had a long-term coach. I can't remember his name, but mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, something happened yeah. at Heidelberg. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't understand that one. That's the only one. But yes, they used to be good. When we played them, they were, you know, they were one of the competitive teams you played, right? And then the where, you know, Muskegon was the doormat and uh, um, yeah. Marietta to a certain extent. But they were they were better. And I yeah, so um, so that's yeah. I actually like I said from a soccer standpoint, I actually think it's a very good conference. Like if you ever get a chance to watch some games, obviously John Carroll's really good, but Otterbein, they, they can play some ball, right? And Mount Union yeah. is, you know, um, 
can't I think speak. it's much, much better and deeper than it. I mean, it used to be a one or two. Yeah, correct. Two correct. Bid, bid correct. League and yeah. Um, you know, now they're at least, they're definitely have more overall strength yeah. than like the NCAC. Yeah. 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 At this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. They go at least five or six teams deep. Yeah. Yeah. And they could, um, and, and any of those teams, excluding uh, uh, any of those teams can shock somebody. Right, like yeah. any of those teams can shock somebody, and I think that's a real, real positive. I, I was trying to figure out how to rank conferences. You know, Massey, you can they, you know, everything's got a score to it. I was trying to figure yeah. out how to rank them, and it's, you know, what it got too complicated. And I was like, you're not going to care anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, whatever. So they're they're a better conference, right? Like they're not the best, but they're not they're 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 there. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, you know what's interesting. Here's a, this. This what's interesting is I was looking because I'm I'm sort of on this kick for, um, you know, looking at where did the teams play. I know this is terrible, right? But I look at hey, I even you know where, you know, I look at some of the elite programs and I'm like, wow, where do they play their games? And, and all but three teams all but three programs play on football fields you mean in the oac in the oac ohio northern has a field yeah marietta has the blue turf which is wonderful and then muskegon just built as part of this commitment to athletics has built what or at least i think it's a commitment to athletics has built its own soccer field yeah you know which i think is interesting I don't Out think of all the football yeah. fields, how many can say they're Don Shula Stadium? Uh, only one, indeed. Yeah, yeah. But how many can say they're Larry Karras Stadium? Huh? Only one as well. Um, yeah. Shula so, was yeah. the first. So- he was the first yeah. soccer coach at John Carroll before yep. Marinero. Uh, by the way, Mar- what was his name? Marinero. Mar- yeah, Hector. Hector Marinero. Yeah, Hector. His son yeah. was a. Great player. Great soccer player, too, yeah. I think he was an assistant for, or he might still be. No, he's the head coach at at Kent State, I think. The women's program at Kent State. Oh, the son? The son, yeah. I think so. Yeah, the Golden Flashes. So, he's, um, they always, I think, it's funny, because if you look at sort of where, like, the distribution of the, like, you know, John Carroll, Cleveland, Otterbein, Columbus, Capital, Columbus, um, Ohio Northern is unique, but they have such a good reputation academically that I think that's kind of like Kenyon's in Kenyon and or Gambier and, and then Ohio Northern and Ada. Um, but I think the, the, the southernmost schools, so the Muskegums of the world, Marietta's of the world. For some reason, I think it's a little bit tougher on the recruiting trail. Um, as we've talked about this before, about where do you recruit from? Because if you go north, you're comp- it's you're competing against you know, John Carroll, the Mount Unions, and it's northern. T- and so, where do you go to find your recruits where you might not be in that competitive situation yeah. uh, for players? Um, which is an interesting discussion. Was Hector? About. Was Hector? A, um... Goalkeeper too, or not? No, he was uh, an outstanding, ridiculous forward. 
Because that's another yeah. question I have about why so many goalkeepers end up in coaching and like like the Oberlin coach played. He might yeah. have played goalie for the Cleveland Cruncher. Yeah. He had some the, pro history there. Uh, Oberlin, the the uh, men's pro. Yeah, Blake knew he went to. Uh, he played at Cleveland State, I think. Ah, I did not know that. But they're so. I mean. You know what? I always say, oh, you know why? Because you you spend you spend so much time just watching the game, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. you know, I, I think that's what that that could be. I know Joe Bergen was a goalkeeper, the Marietta coach. He was a, he was a um he was a goalkeeper at um at Marietta. Um yeah. So, I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting cuz we're smarter than everybody else banged our heads enough times that we believe that we're smarter. I yeah. don't know. Um, I didn't know that about a, the Oberlin coach. Oberlin was another one where it was like, I don't want to, like, yeah, they would be goody one year and then they would just be terrible the next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll look at it another time. So, all right, so that's my overview of the OAC. Okay. All right, what uh, do you got? So the other, um, the other, this isn't a mailbag question, but it's, it's a little bit similar. Um, and I'm going to tie in a little, these are the creative ways that people figure out how to mention their children on a show. <laughs> so in the last time Kenyon lost to Owo in the regular season was 2012. I was there. It was in Gambier. <laughs> it was zero zero into like the sixtieth minute, and then the center back who was from New Zealand, he played a that ball that they constantly play like to the cycling midfielder, where uh -huh. you know, and sometimes they have one or two defenders on their back, but they make yep. that, and it's usually it's in the it's in your own third, yeah, and they make that little pass, and most mm. of the time the midfielder kicks it straight right immediately yeah. right back to the seat. Yeah. Yep. It's just like a one touch kind of, yep. Yep. and I don't know what, and I see, I feel like I see people either get stripped or almost get stripped in that. Mm -hmm. And it's a very dangerous spot if you lose Correct. the ball. Correct. And my son got stripped in that same spot mm -hmm. by a guy named Ben Whitcoff. Mm -hmm. who immediately scored. <laughs> and so this is sort of the year right before Kenyon's first, uh, their bit started their NCAA run of that hasn't ended yet. Um, <laughs> and so, and my son would, I mean, he was like, you could just tell like this, like he was distraught, like the center yeah. back was trying to like, console him and then you know 15 minutes later colton blocker the oh woo all-american like got a header in and so they won two nothing mm -hmm. um in the tournament the incac tournament we actually took them zero zero to uh pks and we lost in pks but um anyway i've i always remember that play and then anytime i see it now 
I'm thinking like, why, what is the, per like, there must be some purpose, because everybody does it, like that, that play, that pass, mm -hmm. um, and every time Kenyon does it, I'm like convinced they're going to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, um, it's, you, it's space, right, like, you're, uh, to me, that pass, the sole intention is to drop it back, unless nobody's on you, and then that midfielder can sense that, and he can turn. But it just ends up being for space, right? You're you're moving players. It, it you're you're moving the other team's players in a quite possibly a I don't want to say an unnatural because it's natural, but they're moving out of position maybe, and so that it creates another space that the center back now receives the ball and can look like, hey, he just stepped out of this space. Look, I got this great pass to the forward now, or to somebody else to move it up the yeah. field. But, but yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned it to my son a week or two ago. He said it's still like his worst memory in college. <laughs> like, and he, he said, "Yeah, I should have looked over my shoulder." Yeah, yeah. Did he try to settle it, or did he try to do anything with the ball? That's why he got stripped. I, I don't think he was trying to do anything fancy. I think he just got like sort of out. Yeah, muscled. Like kinda, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's a good ball. If you have somebody in the middle who who does that well, like um, what's the what's the kid's name at at Kenyon now? Who has I don't know if he's been hurt or um, oh Martinez, yeah, Martinez, yeah. Um, that kid was good. Is is good. I don't like I said. I don't know if he's hurt or what, but yeah, he's out all season. Yeah, he's he's a spec. He was spectacular at that because he knew he had a sense to him like. He knew when to turn and he knew when to give it back. And and that's the rub, right? Like you force that play. It's like the run, right? Like the run of the winger. Like the winger is supposed to make certain runs every time, right? And yeah. you're just waiting for that one error for the team, right? That's not going to pick them up and that's when you hit them. Um, that's the same thing with that center that center midfielder dropping back to receive the ball. You have to do that a hundred times or 10 times again, 15 times a game, not because of the 14 times that he's marked, but for the one time he's not, and he can turn and go. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah. There's I, a, um, yeah, there's a kid named Ramirez who's, who's very good, but he's, he's doing that role now for, Kenyon, and what's what worries me is that when he gets fouled or he thinks he's get fouled, mm -hmm. he has this habit of like doing what the what we just talked about. Yeah, GTA is doing like he yeah. falls on top of the ball and like actually yeah. grabs it. Yeah, and I'm thinking like you're not always <laughs> going to get that call. Yeah, yeah. like so you're just going to get yeah, yeah. You're either going to get a handball call there, or yeah. or you're going to give yeah. up an easy and you know final third play yeah yeah that's a good one though i like that thought thoughtful one i feel bad for your son that it being yeah. his worst college memory um yeah well he'll make the uh i'll throw in one plug so he yeah he the tufts assistant head coach will have memories of 2014 when my son mm -hmm. got a walk-off goal at denison and oh, the nice. second 30 seconds left in double oh two Nice. Did he go bonkers? He wasn't, even be. Supposed to, he wasn't even supposed to be in the game. The kid, yeah. like, 
started ahead of him, like uh-huh. asked to come out like five minutes left in the second <laughs> overtime. And my, anyway. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, all right. What else? Um, well, you want to go to talk about a couple of games coming up? Yeah, or, let's do that. Let's do that. Else? No, no, no. Let's talk about the games. That's all I got. I, like I said, right. I, for those of those watching who don't know, I had a, like a really rough week last week, um, which is why this is delayed. But, um, so, all right. I have my games you, of the you week. You can tell them that I was on probation. That's yes, he was, that was double secret probation punishment. Um, I don't want to talk about them too. I, I'm, I'm not really worried about them because I actually really like Bowden's team, but I, I think they're mm-hmm. in a little bit of like they're uh, playing at Colby yeah. um, on Tuesday, and they yep. really need to win that game. And then I, they, and then they're at Wesleyan next. Yep. Who Wesleyan just beat Williams? Maybe. Um, I think no. Did they beat Williams? I think it was Williams. Williams. Um, it was, yeah. At Williams. Yeah, at it was Williams. at Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it was like right. this that's week. Right. Yeah. Um, but Bowden's had, you know, they've had a couple of, I mean, obviously all those games are tough games. Um, yeah. But they're, you know, they're trying to keep up with Middlebury and Connecticut. Oh, by the way, you were dead right about Connecticut last year. And they're, I mean, what a job that coach is. I mean, Reuben Burke. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he's brought them right back to it. They're where so they not the team this year that they were last year. Remarkable. And uh, and without their two best players, who I the person I would have considered the third best player hasn't been playing. Uh, Ride Jaron uh-huh. last few games, he hasn't yeah. played. Um, but yeah, so um, I got my I got a little bit of an eye on Bowden. I I'm um, just gonna say I I this I mentioned this in my games of the um midweek that i i thought this was a game for for both teams right colby to stay in it and bowden to sort of feel like they've made a step in that upper echelon and i think this is a this is a psychological killer if bowden can't deliver yeah bowden needs to keep pace and it's also like it's also a big rivalry game in maine and yeah yeah um and then uh, this isn't the one I really want to talk. But so, and then U uh, UW Platteville versus Saint Olaf is going to be a really good one. Yep. But the game I wanted to talk about the most was is on Wednesday, which is Western Connecticut at Williams, and I find this game fascinating because it's involves the team that everybody was so upset that didn't get in versus yep. the team every. They thought they should have been reversed. Reversed, yeah. And Williams went on to the yep. national final. Yeah. What doesn't seem fair, not only does Western Connecticut have to go to play at Williams, but they also have a game tomorrow night against Eastern Connecticut. So they're yes. playing back-to-back. Back-to-back, yep. So that's a little bit, and, you know, Western Connecticut has had a, they just lost to UMass Boston, um, their yeah. nemesis, but... Um, I mean, they've had a very good season. I mean, not like last year. Yeah. Um, but, but they're they playing a really... tougher schedule. Yeah. Yep. They're playing a tougher schedule than they did last year. In fairness, right? If they could right? get that win, if they could beat huge. Williams, that would be a big win. Huge, huge. That uh, that to what? me puts them that that 
that to me could put them into a whatever it is. What do they call it? Pool, pool C. Pool, pool C, C, right? Like I think that legitimately that that's the one too. I was I was looking at, and I thought again, this is a must for both teams. I think. Right, Williams is in w- trouble too. To, yeah. Williams is in trouble too, and Western yeah. Connecticut is n- as this is the kind of game they need to win to get a pool C if they can't win their conference tournament. Right. So um, they need to win the conference, but they yeah, knew, yeah, yeah. Um. And then, I mean, Cortland at New Paltz will be good. Otterbein at John Carroll yep. should be. Otterbein could really use a signature win. Yes. Um, I think that's a must-have for them, believe it or not. Yeah. That game. Jennifer Otherwise, yep. is interesting. And then Johns Hopkins at Washington. Like, Washington College is sort of a sleeper team that yeah. still hasn't lost. Right. I didn't put that on my the Washington College Johns Hopkins game. I didn't put it on my list because I didn't I don't know. Like it's they're both I think Johns Hopkins is going through some growing pains, right? They lost that um Trinan Triman uh from last year. Right, like so, it's a big gap, and they're trying to figure things out. So I was like, "Oh, that's," a, and then Washington College, like you said, it's kind of a sleeper, you know. And and I just was like, "Ah, oh, that's not a game worth watching." And it's probably one of could be one of the more exciting games. Yeah, and um, um, don't look. Uh, Trinity at Colorado College is obviously a good one, but yeah. don't look now. But NYU is. I don't know if they're going to make it all the. Way. I mean, if they win the next. If they win out, they're going to make the tournament. But NYU at Rochester, I don't, um, I don't see how they do it. I'm, Rochester needs needs it. Yeah, they both have pretty attractive schedules. Given, I mean, yeah. consider it, they had the bottom end of the UAA left. Yeah. Um, but Rochester, I guarantee you, Rochester will end up getting in. They'll win the next three out of four. Um. But I and, and I think they have some good wins along the way, right? Like um, they do. They beat Cortland Cor- at the beginning. Cortland of the at season. the beginning of the season. Um, NYU uh, and I'm going to give you credit again. NYU knocked off Chicago like a week ago or week and a half ago. On, yeah. And um, then who did they lose to? No, they tied. They lose. Didn't didn't Chicago just tie? Um, uh, um, Brandeis. Brandeis, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so they're um I mean I still think they're definitely a threat, but you you saw that one coming that they yeah. weren't going to be undefeated. Yeah. Um, um I still like it, yeah. Like if you can't take it who knows tournament starts and they're on a different, you know, they sort of reset and all everything's yeah. out, but they just don't look as smooth as they did last. Last year I just thought they just sort of looked like this fine-tuned machine like Never got rattled. Always knew they were in the game. And when time came, they would turn it around and they would go from a 1-0 loss to losing to, hey, they're up 2-1, 3-1 by the end of the game. Right? Like, it's Well, just to sort give of... you credit again, it, it feels like it parallels a little bit, not to the same extreme, but what happened with Connecticut last yeah. like Connecticut yeah. wins the national title. Yeah. And then they come back and have an off year, even though they yeah. still have the talent. Yeah. Yeah. And Chicago still has 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The kid up top, the Z kids, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, really? I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just something. Maybe it's the psychology of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. And then um, on Saturday, I hate to keep uh, pumping the NESCAC, but um, I love games where you don't that ahead of time. You don't think there's either any way either team will lose, so so you can't figure out like who's. <laughs> and I think Tufts at Middlebury is that kind of yeah. a game. Like I don't yeah. know who's gonna. It'll probably end up being a draw. Draw, yeah. Um, that's then, a tough game. I tell you what, that's a really. There's a lot. Like, what's the? Yeah, nobody's paying attention to Tufts, but like they've lost. Yeah, one. they lost one. I th- I think they're I think they're really good. Um, that's a tough game. That's a tough one. That is a yeah. real tough one. Yeah, I will not be surprised if Tough wins that. No, who by uh, one nothing? Yeah, like I could totally see them. Gonna, I'm saying that while I'm probably ranking Middlebury like number two in the country or something yeah, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Christopher. Yeah. Christopher Newport at Washington, Washington will be a good one. Yeah. And then Sunday is like a full the, every, the whole UAA is in action yeah. on Sunday. That that's a big deal. That's a big the Washington and Lee Christopher Newport game. That's a big deal for Washington and Lee. Yes, like they need that one, they right? Because they've had a, this. A, I'm going to call this, and I mean it respectfully, an off year. Because I I just don't yeah. th- you know. They need a rank originally. They, yep. What will be originally rank win and. Yeah. Um, but I think they're still, to me, I've sort of looked at Washington Lee, St. Olaf, and Kenyon as all sort of similar, and I think they're all capable. I don't think any of them are, um, I think they're all in the good, I think very good is kind of their ceiling. Yeah. Not superstar yep. ceiling. Um but very good is enough to make a run if you get hit everything right. Yeah. Um, and then other teams that I think are aren't quite there yet, but could be, are like Johns Hopkins, mm-hmm. North Park. Yeah. You know, they both struggled more than you would have thought. Yeah. Ste oh. And nobody Stevens. Else. Stevens is off the radar, but they'll probably yeah. win their conference. Yeah. Right? And they'll be in the tar- somebody's gonna have to beat them. Yeah. And they still yeah. got your favorite. What's that guy's name? Bruno Adam Barrichello. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still there. Adam Barrichello, too, is like stepped yeah. up in the midfield goal scoring. Um, um, yes. And it's interesting. My, you know, the regional powerhouse that is Catholic University is the same way. They're not having the most spectacular of years, but they, can they win the landmark? Or the pay-per-view conference. Yes, they can, and that gets them to the tournament, right. and then all bets are off, right? Like every, exactly. it, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. And Stevens, and also, yeah, yeah. Facing a team that like has like a mediocre. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a trap game. Yep. For a good team, like yeah, they could lose to Catholic. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Just imagine the draw goes their way, which I thought it sort of went there. Right, same thing. They just. Yeah. You know, they're they they just sort of have a sequence of two like the first round, two the two games in the first round or the yeah, the the first two games and then the second and or the third and fourth games. 
and you get the right teams and somebody shocks and you get a, I don't want, you know, like a, you can, you can totally see them making it to, cause they got the quality. I think um, they, you can totally see them getting to the, you know, round eight or the, um, yeah. um, the quarters, right? Like you can totally see that again. I think there's a lot of teams like that, you know, Washington and Lee wins the ODAC, right? Like there's another one. Okay. Man, they didn't have I like I said it's an off seems like an off year f- to, for them based on the results, but you get them to the tournament and again, draws goes draw goes their way and before you know it, they're you're contending. You somebody's going to have to beat them. And yeah. good luck. Yeah. They're that good. So yeah, and they got a great coach. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, um, all that. Um, all right, here's my last question for you. Okay. Out of the, assuming that there's a third bid, who do you think will get it out of the Sunyak? Uh, New Pop State or Brockport State? I think Plattsburgh is faded a yes, little bit. I think so, too. Um that is just wrong on so many levels that you asked that. Um, let me let me just take a look. By the way, Brockport was the other team that I I I thought other than Western Connecticut that should have made the tournament last year. Um, I do. I don't. I don't think it was as stark though. Like you yeah. could. Like you know what right. I mean. Like they were. Connecticut, no, it Western wasn't Connecticut. a snob. It wasn't. Yeah, like yeah, a... yeah. Suniac, here it is. Okay. That's hard. I, you know what? Because I'm just more familiar with them in this, so this is my fault. But I, I would say I just I, new, new Paltz. I, I think, I think they play. I think they're, um, um, they've gotten some good results. I mean, they lost to Oneana on a on a tight one, and then uh, right they tied Plattsburgh. They, right? They, so I, and and. Brockport, I mean, they they tied them up uh, as well. So, I mean, listen, have Brockport and New Paltz played? Yeah, they played uh, last Saturday. Yeah, Ah, they was to a zero zero draw at Brockport. The only thing is, on Wednesday, this is the that's a game to watch for me. Is the um um they 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 host um Cortland. So that to me is they're gonna decide is a big decider for them, unless they can take the tournament. But who New uh, Paltz? You mean New New Paltz goes to Cortland or takes Cort Cortland goes to New Paltz. Yeah. So that's a that's a heck of a game. Hey, a couple of other ones that I'm um yeah that was one of my game that was one I picked Cortland at SUNY New Paltz I thought was gonna is gonna be a really good one. A really good game that I'm not going to be able to watch for obvious reasons is Drew at Scranton. Um, um, that's that's a good game. I actually Drew is actually playing a lot more consistently than, and I think they're, I think they're, what's the right word? They're more legitimate. They're not. I thought last year they were a little bit of posers when they went in that nine nine and oh run or whatever um yeah. i think this year they actually are working and 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 playing well and i think scranton's a decent team so and and i think they still they could repeat 
um, in the landmark as far as I'm concerned. And then, um, oh, I thought Scranton had faded a little bit, but yeah, I know they, had, I, they had a hot start. Yeah. Um, the another one, it's the American Rivers Conference. You know, I'm a fan. You're going to go Loris L- Luther. Luther. Yeah. I was looking at that. Come on. That is, uh, I don't think we, they, we, I don't think they like them. I don't think they like each other. So no, they don't. They so, don't, but Luther is Luther has struggled, but they could screw things up for Laura. Totally, for sure. totally, and I think that's totally in line with that. Yeah. So um, I haven't really looked at the Saturday games, um, so I'm going to take your word for uh, what games are happening on Saturday. But yeah, well, quick... one you would like is the two St. Josephs are playing each other. St. Josephs Maine is playing. St. Joseph's, I, Connecticut. And I think I saw a picture of a shirt that someone has a St. Joseph's hat, right? Is that right? Uh, not a hat, but... Uh, or a shirt, shirt, yes. That's uh, for next time. Well, just hold on one second. <laughs> uh, I must have left it upstairs, but... Uh, for shame but i don't want to i don't want to completely disappoint the viewers because i'm never going to wear this one because i don't deserve to because i'm not smart enough but <laughs> yes yes cal tech baby i don't even know what that is like all that gibberish there i don't and know you what wanted to talk about their coach yeah he's absolutely i'm telling you i got affirmation from who was it that posted on i forget, i should look but somebody said, Hey, Caltech, Caltech, and did the rundown of like how they've done since 2006. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, undoubtedly coach of the year. I'm sorry. Like you cannot not give him the division three coach of the year. Yeah. Mr. Sager even endorsed that. Yeah. Like he didn't make me think I was nuts, you know, like of the decade, like what? No, I won't go for that far coach of the decade, but but seriously, here's a guy, first year, second year, first year. Come, he was at at uh, Trinity, and Caltech, who has never won more than four games that we can historically verify, and he's now five, what five, five two and four, five three and four, like just remarkable. Yeah. I love that. I can't believe they even have a program. I don't understand like, the school. Like you, you probably know more about it than I do. Like it's we, it's a weird school from what I've heard. Yes. Right? It's and very tiny. small. It's tiny, and it's super hard academically. That's yeah, all. Yeah, you would think you would you would think their only varsity sports were men's and women's quiz bowl and <laughs> and um new and what's the new rage the. Uh, video gaming sports oh yeah esports yeah yeah esports but 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 they've won six games six games and i i mean i can't i can't i can't speak highly enough of duncan gillis like i can't like look at some point you just got to take your hat off and be like hey i won the national championship i went undefeated in this season but he had the harder job and you got to give it to him like i just i don't know Uh, that's my vote um 
So what does that gibberish say on that shirt? I have no idea. Okay. All right. So I'm not I'm not dumb. So if you don't know, then I'm like, okay, I'm not at I least can't, I can't <laughs> I can't testify that you're not dumb, but <laughs> Yeah, can, yeah, that's true. I can testify that I'm dumb. Um that's but can great. I because this has gone so well every time, like can yes. I try one last Hail Mary on the nostalgia TV stuff? You certainly may. And we can end with that, maybe? Yes, let's let's All end right. with that. Okay. I want to know, and you don't have to rank order, I'm just giving me your favorite between... Right. Uh, Perry Mason. Oof. The original? The um, Yeah. What's his name? Yes. Um, Dragnet. Hawaii Five-0. Oh, my gosh. And Get Smart. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, I'm, I will answer this, but first I have a question for you. Yeah. What did Perry Mason keep track of in his drawer? I didn't even think you were old. You were old enough for Perry Mason. Um, what is? What was it? I don't know. What was his? What is his name? I, I, I'm visualizing him. Um, I keep thinking Orson Welles, but it's not Orson Welles. It's not Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Um, Perry Mason. You're probably too young for this. There was a show called The Man from Uncle. Do you remember? You oh, remember? yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. That was uh, Raymond Burr. Oh, absolutely. Raymond Burr. Yeah, Raymond Burr. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you my ranking, my ranking, because I've watched all of these. So my f my favorite, all-time favorite, I mean, it's one of the shows that I just love the most is Get Smart. Obviously, the most unserious of them all. Yeah. But who can't help but laugh at the shoe phone or the intro <laughs> or the intro <laughs> when every time he walk, he turns around to walk through the door again, it closes in on him and he snaps his nose. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's just quality. Um, number two... Um, he was as, Steve Carell before Steve Carell. Carell. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's actually a great... I never thought of that, but that is actually very true. I am then going to go with, believe it or not, Hawaii Five-0. I was a big fan of that. That was the... That was... Um, um, what, what was the... You know, that became a reality TV show the last few years called, like, um, Cops? No, what was the... 911. What was the reality show where they followed around cops and dangerous? So I was a big fan of Hawaii Five-0. Then I'll go with Perry Mason. I was never Dragnet. Really, never did it for me. So uh, big fan, big fan. Get smart. That's a good one. I it totally not in character with the other three, but um, yeah. If I was going to guess, should, should I guess that your lead into this show is going to be Get Smart or? <laughs> uh, i don't know well uh, let me answer your question because it's um he used to count um didn't he count bottle caps of the beers he drank no or something like the anyhow I'm, maybe i'm thinking of a different show yeah um that which wouldn't surprise me either um yeah. no i don't know that'll be a good th good question Lee, that I, I might have to be the get smart might have to or, be or, or Eddie from 
Ames, Iowa. <laughs> Ames, Eddie for me. I, I'd have to find a good picture of Eddie. <laughs> All right, Mr. Petru, brother, thank you yeah. for today. This was fantastic, as always. I don't know how we pull this stuff off, but it is it is a highlight. It really is for me. It's such a great time. Such a great time. Well, thanks for having me again. All right. And keep working on your studio because it gets better with each passing week. I'm telling you. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got to get one of the see like I do. I don't know if you could see it in this. The I can't point. wait till I could get off this uh, GPS ankle bracelet they got me wearing. Now. <laughs> that'll help. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> um, you got to get one of the pointy foam finger fingers that fan fingers that you oh yeah yeah you got to get one of those for your background because you okay. ain't a fan unless you got one of those bad boys i gotta get some of that tricky lighting you've got oh so. man go to lowe's my favorite place pick up the yeah. lighting it's sticky so it doesn't you don't have to nail it in i could go you could go to town on the lighting could go we could compete who has a better lighting setup yeah. <laughs> all right Okay. Super true. Great, great seeing you. All right. Take it easy. All right.